Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. You are back here on campus at Trade Show University. This is the resource for you, whether you're planning or exhibiting or sponsoring at an event to get better results. Going to keep it short and sweet. We're going to be talking about sustainability at our events. And I've brought on Al Mercuro with Genesis Exhibits. And we're going to be talking, like I said, all about sustainability. How do we make our events more sustainable? Lessons he's learned in his many years in the industry and many other topics we are going to uh, touch on today. I do this for you. I do this for you. So I want to know what questions do you have? What topics would you like to hear covered? Send an email to jim at tradeshowu.biz. That's jim at tradeshowu.biz. Send me an email so that we can hit a topic. Or if you have an idea for a good guest for a future episode, please let me know. Because I am here to serve you and help make your trade shows, your conferences, your expos better than ever. Okay, now let's go talk to Al Mercuro. We are back and we're going to be talking about a variety of topics today because the person I have on, we can't, we can't keep him in a box. He is, he has been all over the industry throughout his career and, and he is doing so many great things today involved, has his hand in a lot of different things and want to get his wisdom and have him share some of his experiences with us, some tips and tricks. His name is Al Mercuro. Al is the Senior Account Director at Genesis Exhibits. He started his career in the live event business in college, producing concerts as a student, and went on as a business manager for a touring, lighting, and sound company for concerts. He gravitated into a corporate events in the mid-1980s and then eventually trade shows in 1988. He has a diverse portfolio from mall tours to mobile marketing, company meetings, trade shows, and even the Super Bowl. He's a member of the Sustainable Sustainable Event Alliance, the Alive Event Coalition, the National Trade Show Alliance, and many other important groups in the industry. Al, welcome to Trade Show University. Say hello to all of our trade show professionals out there. Oh, hi, Jim. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, hello to everybody out there in, in the podcast world. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm really, really uh, pleased to have you on. Al, you've done so many different things throughout uh, live events and trade shows. Why trade shows? Why do you love it so much? What brought you into this and what keeps you excited about it? Sometimes it's it's done by accident and, and you kind of gravitate into it, I guess. Having started in college producing concerts, which was something I never thought I'd be doing in college as a yeah. student. But the same skill sets that I learned producing a concert pretty much translate into what can be done or what needs to be done at a trade show. And from booking the artists to sound and lighting people to staging, selling tickets and advertising, 
everybody has to show up on that same day and do what they need to do professionally to make that event work. There's no next day, and it's pretty much like a trade show. I mean, if things don't get set up that day, the trade show can't open. And so it's it's pretty much the same thing. And it's like I said, it's sometimes you fall into these things by accident after doing some corporate work. It kind of led into trade show work and working with the same kind of people that I've been working with over, over all these years, the technicians. And it's just fun to be behind the scenes. I was never an onstage performer. So behind the scenes is like the next best thing you can do. And the other reason is, I guess, the, diversities, uh, the diversity of the kind of projects we work on. It's not okay. just limited to trade show exhibits for trade shows the exhibits we do get used for a lot of special event work and um, every day you're dealing with something different a different challenge coming up with different solutions to help people with their marketing plans or whatever they're looking to do so it's 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 never ending in the terms of the diversity of what we're working on each day it is so amazing, the diversity. Like you said, you can get really, really focused in one specific area, like you said, concerts or even weddings or corporate events, or you can just say, hey, I want constant new challenges and just and, and spread yourself across different, multiple industries, types of events, large and small, from trade shows to expos to keynote speeches. There's so much that can be done, and you wow, you really have done a lot. One thing that, that I, I know that the industry has really gravitated towards, and all of business, and that is the, the area of sustainability. And I know that at Genesis Exhibits, you guys have really embraced sustainability, but let's talk about it in the industry first, specifically on the production and the display side. What are some of the efforts you're seeing made in the industry to make things more sustainable? Well, overall, I mean, I first started noticing the issue with sustainability at, at exhibits, at, at trade shows and exhibits, exhibitions with build and burn type of build builds that were being done mostly in Europe and Asia that they would build an exhibit just for one event and throw it away literally into the dumpsters oh. or, or the or the landfills after the event's over and and often in shows like in Germany the shows are a little bit longer and they may only happen every four years and the reasons people do this is well why do I have to ship the booth back and pay for the extra shipping storage if I'm never going to use the booth again right and and there's one Besides the waste and landfills, I mean, the, the obvious solution to that has always been modular exhibits, which have been around for a while, that people can reuse those structures, even if it's a rental solution, which is where most of those things can be solved, I think, if people thought about that as a solution for that. And I was encouraged last year that Informa in Europe has come up with an initiative to get away with build, get rid of build and burns and oh, go into nice. a modular type of system for all the events that they're doing over there. It's it's just natural, I think, that people start to think this way and think about all these little things people can do along the way mm -hmm. to make things more sustainable and just save money for the companies and hopefully, hopefully save the planet at the same time. And this is regardless of all the other stuff that goes on in terms of premium items, water bottles, literature. Um, you know, naturally, people, I think, are, are learning that most people don't keep the literature anyway, and it's, a, it's that's become a big waste to ship in terms of drainage costs. The premium items, most of them, unless they're really tangible items that people can really hold on to and use, 
the worst example are have always been like cheap pens. The last thing you want to do is have your name or logo on a cheap pen that somebody's going to just like throw in the garbage as soon as it breaks. Glenn at my office came up when we did our, our, our seminar programs years ago, a solution where the same amount of money you would spend on a cheap pen, on a, how many you would buy with, spend it on 25 really good pens mm-hmm. and have the, the first half of it, you know, the top sent to the client before the show of your key accounts that you want to attend your you know, come to the show and see see you at the show give them a reason to stop by your booth and if they get the top half of the pen of a really good quality pen they're more likely going to stop by your booth and get the rest of the pen <laughs> when they come there so it's a it's a gimmick but it's, yeah. it's a way of of using that money more to meet the top 25 accounts that you want to see at a show rather than just have people throw your name away into the trash bin which is kind of a negative Absolutely. And there's so many different things that, that you can uh, think about when you're talking about sustainability and be, being more efficient with your, your money and your resources. You did, you talked one thing about uh, modular exhibits. I do want you to go a little bit more into that. But one question that has been burning on my mind ever since I started doing trade shows is, what do they do with all the carpet? That's a good question. I always used to think they got reused. But in my years of working on this, i found out i think they just get thrown away that's especially what I, if they especially yeah. if they've been cut already for the mm-hmm. you know, for electrical cords and things like that it's very unlikely that they can be reused and that in itself is just an amazing waste of oh. materials it, it's yeah i i'm like there's no way they could throw away that much carpet it's it was only used for two days or three days or four days or whatever it is well, and, <laughs> and if people if people realize why they charge so much to technically rent the carpet that's one of the reasons i'm assuming in in my work with joining the sustainable event alliance uh, and part of that is amuse which is members united for events sustainability and events we actually had a face-to-face meeting just before COVID hit in january 2020 and i, and I got to meet all these like-minded people like myself i was the only one in the exhibit industry at this meeting oh all the rest all the rest of these folks were in the event business mm-hmm. but they were not in exhibits but what i learned was one company is called materials for the arts and they based in New York, they take whatever material somebody was going to throw away, say it's rolls of uh, fabric from a mm-hmm. fabric manufacturer. They'll take it and put it in their, in their warehouse and they'll have artists, theater people come in and reuse the material for their art. And it's very logical when you think about it. Why, why throw something away that somebody else can't, can use or right. reuse and repurpose itself for something else? That's encouraging to see that there's companies out there starting to think that way and do and actually do these things. It's not just saying it. They're actually, they call it greenwashing. The people that just say it are just saying it, but the ones that are actually doing it are, are actually helping the environment by doing it. There was another company that takes sets from TV shows and uh, movie sets mm-hmm. and finds repurposes for that material as well. So when you think about it, that relates to the trade show industry. There are exhibits that maybe can be repurposed, you know, more of the custom-built ones that are made yeah. out of wood or whatever. But the modular ones have been around for a long time, as I mentioned before. And so that in itself is a sustainable exhibit. So you can reconfigure it. You can, you know, replace the graphics on it. You, there's just other purposes. I have one example I can give you that has to do with a little bit of the build and burn thing and the repurposing purpose. I actually did a large exhibit for the Chinese government 
back in the early 2000s to promote the Olympics in Beijing. And they wanted an American company to build an exhibit to get American tourists to come over for the Olympics. So they, they trusted us to design the exhibit, build it for them. It was 20 by 30. They used it for a number of years. He calls me from Chicago, the late, one of the late, later shows he was doing. He said, we decided, you know, we've got enough use out of this. We want to get something new. He got in a little bit of political trouble by using an American company building the first exhibit. So he says, we have to have it built in China, but we want you to still store it for us and ship it and set it up for us and all that. And I understood, you know, it was a political thing. I couldn't really yeah. talk him out of it, but yeah. I said, he said, well, we don't need this exhibit anymore. So just throw it away, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I said, we don't do that here. I said, if I have to, well, I'll pay for the shipping and have it brought back to our facility and I'll find other uses for it. It was all, all the hardware was definitely reusable. Yeah. And I even tried to convince him. I said, I can redesign the booth even with the materials that we had. So he didn't buy that, but he said, you know, we still want you to, you know, but I said, well, have these fellows call me so I can at least give them some ideas of how to build the exhibit here for the U.S. so it's done right. Nobody ever called me. <laughs> and three months later, I get a call from my warehouse manager downstairs, and he says, there's three tractor trailers here, Al, of the new exhibit for China. They built these things not very, I guess, efficiently. It took up a lot more room than was needed. The crates literally broke as they got they were taken off the truck so they were built for the build and burn purpose and i told uh, them that's why i wanted to talk to them about it i said do not build it that way yeah so we had to rebuild all the crates for them the shipping costs were like twenty six thousand dollars oh. per event oh my you know so you know it wasn't a question of them saving money it was a question of them i guess just using a, a china-made exhibit but it's that's sort of what's out there and that's what they think that's how they think exhibits should be built but it's such a waste you know to do it that way absolutely yeah. uh, so from uh, from modular exhibits obviously you gave some examples on being able to reconfigure add new graphics so you can have a, a booth an exhibit that looks completely different from show to show and still you're going to save a ton of money because you're utilizing the the, the bones of it over and over, just maybe in different ways. Yep. Now, I had one client years ago who 30 by 40 from me every year, but his thing was he didn't want to pay for new graphics every year. He wanted to reuse the same graphics, mm -hmm. but he wanted to reconfigure the booth every year. Oh. And with, with a modular exhibit, first couple of years, you know, we were able to do so. You know, I was able to convince him like five years in to add some other additional pieces in there. And we got to about the eighth year, and, and I, you know, he said, "Well, we want a different looking booth next year." I said, "You know, I don't know how many more things we could come up with <laughs> using the same hardware <laughs> and make it look different for every show." And and he he got the point at that at that point. He just he, he agreed. He says, "I think yeah, we kind of gotten our money's worth out of the graphics at this point, and we decided to get new graphics next time." At some point, at some point, you gotta you gotta make that make that decision, pull the trigger, and and uh, yep. and kind of just bite the bullet <laughs> how many more cliches i could throw at that but yeah another nice trend that's happening is i just got a call from an agency um experiential agency in new york who uh, is going to be approaching all their new clients with sustainability in mind 
It's the first agency I, I've heard of doing this kind of way of getting their clients on board with sustainability. And he said, you know, we noticed you guys build exhibits made out of recycled materials and blah, blah, blah. So I said, yeah. And he says, well, you're going to be our go-to guy, you know, for this once we get people in, on board. And within a month, I saw another agency in New York. And the word hadn't even gotten out yet, I think, that the first one agency was doing this. So this is now starting to catch on with agencies, at least. So that's on top of mind. It sounds like that this is a way of thinking because a lot of companies have this as part of their mission statement. And it's to buy from companies that are thinking and building and using sustainably built products, whatever it might be. And my thing, going back to the build and burn and, and, and exhibits made from recycled materials, probably about 12 years ago, it was a big thing that companies were asking for. They were, they were approaching us. A lot of RFPs had a part of their program that it had to be sustainably product for the RFP program. But unfortunately, the price of those exhibits 12 years ago were more a lot more money to build them from recycled materials. In 2019, that price has come down. It came okay. down. It's now down to the, almost the same price as building a regular build. Oh, really? So okay. when, I start, when I started approaching my, those same clients again, the marketing teams there still didn't seem like they were like it was a big driving force for them to go in that direction. So I did a couple of different things. One, I started designing and building booths without even telling the client, just saying, hey, why don't we just make this out of recycled materials? And my thinking now is eventually, I'm hoping four or five years from now, maybe every manufacturer out there will be thinking the same way. You know, why can't we just not even talk about it? Why don't we just do it? just make things out of recycled materials. It does require retooling and things. So our partner does both at this point. We make things both from non, from recycled materials and the normal bills we've been building. But I'm hoping, again, maybe three, four, five years from now, that won't be part of the discussion. It would just be everything being built this way. But I did find the people that were interested in hearing about this were the sustainability directors at companies because that's their job is to find vendors that will do this type of thing for their company and that i've been pretty successful at getting in the door with a lot of companies using that approach just fantastic information you've given us a lot already to to consider whether it's from your exhibit having having a modular exhibit that you can reconfigure you could use and so that you're not throwing that away you're not recycling it you're not buying a new exhibit every year every two three years but you can make that last uh, of course it comes to a point where you, <laughs> you need to need to redo it uh, but well, you also the, the, yeah i'm sorry go ahead no it's Plus, you also talked about promo items, you know, make uh, selecting the right promo items so that people aren't throwing it away. Select quality over quantity. One of one of my clients has, has used, instead of ordering the carpet, has used carpet squares. Carpet squares mm -hmm. are those interlocking yep. uh, the foam panels that you could stand on. You're giving your, your people something a little more comfortable to, to stand on. It's a little thicker. Plus, it's reusable. And, you're, and, it's, and, easier to, and it's easier to ship. I think Much about a roll of carpeting with the drage costs involved and uh, absolutely the length of carpeting that's needed to ship in a tube versus a, a smaller rectangular box that can ship with the squares in it. It's a, it's a no brainer. Yeah. And then, and then as a, as an exhibitor, be very choosy on who you select. 
are they using recycled materials? Are do they have green sustainable practices in place for for their everyday business? So there's a lot of things that people can do in the whole event when when you're talking about sustainability, about staying green. So much that 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 the businesses can do. So thank you so much for for sharing all that. Well, one more thing is uh, yeah. the, the, my work with the ETPA Sustainable Sustainability Committee. They've just launched a program with a company called Vicom, and Vicom has a no cost program to take back recycled, unprinted PVC, PE, and acrylic sheets. Wow, uh, they're, they're not being used, and there's a program on the EDPA LinkedIn site uh, link that you can the companies can check in on and, and take advantage of that program. Again, that was very encouraging to see a company willing to do that at no cost. And that helps, you know, re repurpose or reuse some of that wasted material that's, that's normally being wasted. That's fantastic. Wow. That's, those are companies and organizations that are putting their money where their mouth is. You know, that's, well, that is really stepping up. There's another company that produces shows called Meet Green. And I, when I was doing a story about sustainability, I, I was looking for quotes from people of how they're being sustainable at events. And the IMAX show, the U.S. and the America IMAX show, they, are, they produced that event for IMAX in Vegas. And she said what they do with a lot of the um, graphics that are used for those destination companies, those tours and related companies, they find repurposed uses at senior citizens' homes. Oh, to put them up as murals in the common areas, oh, and so okay. I mean, graph used graphics are probably something that nobody ever thinks about. They think about just throwing them away because if they're outdated or if they're, you know, just a destination shot of that country, it's, who else is going to need that graphic? You know, and, and most of that gets thrown away. But thinking outside the box and coming up with that repurposing, you know, whatever way, I thought that was a fantastic solution for that you know just to say hey we can find a place to put those graphics someplace that somebody might enjoy seeing and it makes their day better and it's just again another way of rethinking and how to reuse something that's wonderful so as an exhibitor obviously there's a lot of decisions you can make but as a show planner or show organizer show producer you could really get creative and challenge your suppliers, challenge your, your exhibitors, and think differently about, okay, we're not just planning for the show. We're planning after the show. What's going to be left after the show that normally gets thrown away, or, and how can we repurpose that? Think about that. I, I had on a few months ago Joanna Behrens, who talked all about zero food waste at events. And that is that takes a lot of pre-planning to say, okay, if we – First of all, let's plan better for the number of people that we're going to have at the event instead of over planning and having food for 200 people when only 150 normally show up. Then you have all that extra food. What are you going to do with that and have plans in place for any extra food that might be there? But first, try not to make so much on the on the front side if you know you're going to have a ton of waste on the back side. But then plan so you don't have waste, so you have charitable organizations that you're giving it to that can pick up right after the event, whatever. There's a lot of ideas and a lot of things to do. Wow, we could we could talk about this well, <laughs> quite one, a bit. One, one quick thing that I actually got involved with early. I did, I did an event every year in the Hyatt Hotel in New York called Magazine Day. And it was just a one-day show. It was for publishers to go and try to get advertisers to buy into their magazine kind of thing. 
And I noticed after the first year, they brought tons of boxes of new magazines that they wanted to give away, you know, to people. Mm-hmm. And then after the show was over, there was tons of boxes left over right. of, of, of perfectly good magazines, not touched. And they were just tossing them into the, the garbage for the, for the hotel. It was just tossing, taking away, just tossing them into the dumpsters. And I talked to the show organizers and I said, you know, that's a sin that all those magazines can't get reused or, you know, they didn't want to pay to ship it back. You know, the same, right. that same thing. Sure. So she says, well, what do you have in mind? And I said, well, let me think about it. I, I, I wasn't expecting that question, but I thought, well, who can use magazines? And I'm thinking like, well, people in hospitals, you know, they got nothing to do during the day. They're looking for reading materials sometimes, whatever. So I call five local hospitals in Manhattan. I said, would you be interested if we can donate boxes of magazines to, to the hospital after this event's over next year? And they said, that would be wonderful. We just thought that was a good thing to do. Nice. And again, it was just thinking a little bit outside the box of, you know, how can I reuse these things and who would benefit from it? Really, really great stuff. Al, before we wrap up, I want to talk to you about a couple of the uh, a couple of the associations or the the organizations and groups that you are involved with. Why don't you give us a couple that you're you're, you're heavily involved with right now? Why are you why are you involved with them? And are there opportunities for other people that are like, wow, I love the events industry. I would like to get involved in some of these groups as well. So why don't you give people an idea of what some of the stuff that's happening through the events industry, through these groups, for the events industry? Well, one of the reasons I, I got involved with some of these organizations was because of our industry was shut down for pretty sure. much 18 months. I was looking to stay busy, and I never before had the time to really get involved with organizations. So I got involved first with, I mentioned just before COVID hit, the Sustainable Event Alliance, which led to Muse, which I was a, a founding member of. And you know they have a wonderful program where they, as a member, you get access to a directory of over 500 vendors that are doing these kind of sustainable things out there in the live event world. So again, just being aware of that, that there's resources out there that people can use if you're not aware of it, they're there. And if you get involved mm. with a group like that, that's one way of, of uh, helping the planet a little bit more you know, in that way. I also heard about the live event, which was an advocacy group helping a lot of us that were out of work and trying to get funding from Congress. And so I'm on the marketing committee of that. And, and that's been a wonderful experience working with them. And then eventually the National Trade Show Alliance was formed within the, probably the last year or so. Mm-hmm. And they're doing more specific things to help people in the trade show industry, uh, the National Trade Show Alliance. And I'm on the advisory board of that. And one of the things we're doing there is something called the Invisible Industry Tour. And it's going to be a six-month mobile tour that's going to go to college campuses, various different events. The first one will take place at Exhibition Day in Washington in June, we're hoping, to launch it there. And to just educate not only people that don't know our industry, but to hopefully encourage people to join our industry and, and get use that as a career move for them, especially college students. I had the opportunity to speak to a couple of college classes over the last year or so, and there's a definite interest there if they were made aware of it. You know, the, the yeah. interest I got after the talk was we had no idea this is all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes of how to make things like this work, and it's it's just an amazing thing. That's great, great work, especially that grassroots stuff, getting down into the college level, 
Because like you said, most people that are in this industry have stumbled into it. They didn't go to school to be in it, but there are some, there are some colleges within the, the U.S. that do have very specific hospitality and events programs where people can get, get their degree in that. And I think those are starting to become a little bit, you're starting to see a little bit more of that, but it's still the vast majority of people out there don't even realize that this exists or that they can get a, get, actually get a degree in it. Yeah, well, the professor, uh, just as you said, the professor uh, that asked me to do his class in Florida International University down Miami, it's an event class, but they never talk about trade shows. So I did an hour and a half PowerPoint presentation on the trade show industry and actually contacted a friend of mine from college who is a professor at Temple University in Philly, and he's teaching event planning. And I, I asked him, I said, well, are you talking about trade shows? Is that part of the part of the program? He says, it comes up in the conversation, but it's not part of the program. Uh, and I said, is it this way across the country? He said, pretty much. It's not something that they're really teaching in school. And, and Glenn and I from my company did something at Fordham University about 20 years ago. And the students were just asking us questions for almost an hour afterwards about it. They said, we, we never, they never taught us this in, in our class. This is like a whole new subject. That you could just see that this was just like a new world that we opened up to them. And so I think it's part of the challenge. I think we just need to get more people educated about what we do. Absolutely. So for people that, that want to get more inf- involved or more information about this, this new tour that's going to be happening, where would they go for that? You can go to the uh, National Trade Show Alliance website. Uh, okay. And it, it will be announced very soon. We'll, we'll be doing a lot of social media promotions on it once the announcement's made but all the plans are in place so it's it's going to happen soon fantastic well i will make sure to drop the the web links of national trade show alliance and some of the other important organizations that you're involved with we'll have to drop those in so if people want to get more information or they say hey i want to get involved somehow i want to get involved these are these are definitely groups that are looking for people to get involved so, so check out the hit the show notes button. We'll make sure to uh, drop some of those links in there. Oh, I Al, appreciate it. Thank yeah, you very much. Absolutely, absolutely, Al. Thank you so much for for coming on today. Really, you you gave us so much great information on uh, a variety of of things. Got some great tips to think about, especially in the area of sustainability. And some things that are going on behind the scenes to make sure that, that this industry not only thrives going forward, but grows in, in fervor and in mission, in mission and what people are doing. So if people wanted to reach out to you and get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? They can email me and check my LinkedIn page. Um, okay, fantastic. And tell us real quickly about the Genesis Exhibits. Uh, Genesis is, I've been, I've been with Genesis almost 29 years now. So uh, we've been designing and producing exhibits probably for the last 35 years at this point. And we've gotten into uh, some virtual hybrid type of things as well, which I'm sure a lot of other companies have been doing. Live events will never go away. Face-to-face events will never go away, but attendance levels have been lower. I, I think they're starting to improve as we get, you know, out of this a little bit more. International exhibiting has been, or attendees have been way down. So I think reaching out to those folks that don't attend, the same thing happened after 9-11. The attendance levels were lower and started coming back again. But you still got to reach those folks with the message that you want to reach with them and, and 
the virtual way, I think is that nice little add-on way to do it. It's not going to take the place of the live event by any means. No, no, definitely not. Like you said, I think it is the future and it's a way to reach more people, especially we talk about sustainability. If you don't have to send uh, your entire team to a live event, you could send one or two key people and the rest of them can be remote and still get the information mm -hmm. they're looking for, attend the workshops, maybe even interact with some of those exhibitors, but do it in a way where they're not, uh, they're not spending the fuel to, to get to, to get to the event. Just a, a, a really, really nice option for a lot of companies. Yes. At the height of, at the height of COVID, somebody said to me when all the virtual things were going crazy, virtual events are the best form of sustainability at events because basically you're not going anywhere. You know, right. Said, so I said, well, let's not go that extreme. I said, we still need to have the live event, you know, happen. It's still an important part of the process. Yeah. Um, we need, um, we need to be in, interacting with each other as humans. We crave that. And, and I think, like you said, I think the, uh, the numbers are starting to come back. Uh, but yeah, but I think uh, the, the hybrid and the virtual are the future and we're going to continue to see those evolve and, and get better and better over time. Yep. So Al, thank you so much for sharing so much of your, your experience, your wisdom with everyone. Really, really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you. And everyone continue to come back, continue to learn and keep binging on other episodes of uh, trade show university. Go over to tradeshowu.biz and we will see you next time.